You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi there, you're listening to episode 144 of the Blended Family Podcast. Last week, the topic was a part one of embracing authenticity, and so today is going to be part two. I have a special guest joining me to talk all about being an authentic parent. We'll get to that in just a minute. First, as promised, I do have a giveaway today. For those who are new, I do monthly giveaways, and everyone who is a part of my list is automatically entered to win. If you are not yet a part of my list, it's free and easy to join. Just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. The winner of today's giveaway will receive a meditation album from my guest, Ana de Acosta, who I had on the show just a couple of weeks ago. This is her Mindful Stepmom Meditation Album, which features guided meditations for peace and flow in your blended family. The winner today is Jill Folkerts. Jill, I will be contacting you so that I can get that album out to you right away. If anyone else is interested in this album, please go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash album so that you can purchase it at a $5 discount, and that will make it only $9.99, which is a very low cost for the value it can bring to you and your family. Other than that, just as a reminder, all of the links I ever mention on the show are always in the show notes or right on the website, which is blendedfamilypodcast.com. I actually don't have any other announcements today. I'm going to start this fabulous interview with my special guest, Anna Seewald. Enjoy. Today, I'm excited to welcome Anna Seewald to the show. Anna is the founder of Authentic Parenting. She is a speaker, author, and a parent educator. She also has a popular podcast on iTunes called Authentic Moments. She is a mom to a vibrant nine-year-old who doesn't approve of her fashion choices. As a child, she survived through a severe earthquake. She lost her young mom. She's been through trauma, pain, and a lot of suffering. With a strong passion helping children, Anna dedicated her life working with abused, neglected, orphaned, institutionalized children, and juvenile delinquents. And after nearly 20 years, she realized that it is through helping parents that she can help children. Today, she is supporting parents around the world by moving from traditional ways of parenting into more peaceful, conscious ways by making sense of their past life experiences, healing from trauma, building effective communication, practicing non-punitive discipline, and setting limits with love and kindness. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for having me. So we have a lot to talk about, but I want to start with your story. I've heard you talk about it on your podcast, and it's an amazing story of resilience. And I know that it has shaped who you are today. So please tell the listeners what happened to you during your childhood and explain how you used that to propel you forward and how it helped shape the mother that you are now. Mm, Wow. Well, when I was 13 years old, as you stated, uh, I actually, let's, let me say that I was born and raised in Armenia and the earthquake happened in Armenia. And if listeners are interested, uh, they can Google and, you know, see and read 
about the horrific event, even though you know it's it's not it's not pleasant. 1988. And it was a very severe earthquake. So we lost everything. As you mentioned, my mother was killed, um, my classmates, neighbors, everything, right? In one moment, in a few seconds, poof, everything is gone. And your life view changes, especially at that time. I was 13, right? You are a teenager already. You are entering into this new chapter of your life. You are adulting and this thing is happening to you. So it was a life-changing event. However, I don't see it as a negative event. It didn't shape me negatively. I gained so much out of it. You know, life gives you what you can handle, I guess. And yes, I have learned that things are unpredictable in life. Life is very short and we need to live our lives to the fullest. We need to enjoy. I don't want to talk more much about my struggles and share with you what I went through. I think the story of resilience is is what's important here because imagine being a little kid basically and having no mother, having no home, uh, you know, being evacuated from place to place, no steadiness, no food, no shower, nothing normal. And it just, you know, you're stuck with yourself. Yes, there are people around you. There were relatives or far relatives or just people who want to truly help one another. That's when I realized that We are wired for connection. We're wired for giving. We are helpful. Human beings are innately very good. And relationships, I value so much because without them, we cannot survive. That support, that emotional support that comes from having important people in our lives. Even though I lost my mother But believe me, there were women in my life, grandmother, aunts, neighbors, lovely people who were there always supporting, giving advice as a young girl, teaching me how to cook, you know, relationship advice, everything. And so even though I didn't have my mother, but I had other role models, other people who made a huge impact on my development. It was then that I realized also that we need to be in tune with ourselves, with our inner world, with our emotions. The emotions, the feelings that I had, they were so powerful. I mean, you grieve, you lo- the loss, the stages of grief, and you don't make sense of it, right? It's And everybody is going through this pain and suffering around you. It wasn't just me that people can help me. But it was like this massive tragedy. And it just gave me so much understanding of human pain and suffering. I saw people who became resilient and moved on. And I have witnessed people who were stuck in their traumas and they were unable to build their lives meaningfully and move on, you know, properly in the many years to come. And I learned that you need to be in tune with yourself, feel your emotions, that they are not going to kill you, that they make you stronger. 
and you relate to other people on a deeper level as well when you are in tune with yourself, when you feel those deep, painful emotions, you can see other people differently, connect on a deeper level, and you have empathy for human beings. Well, that is just such an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. And and going back to how it shaped you as a mom today, I mean, I'm sure that it taught you a lot, but do you use a lot of what you learned in the way that you parent your child? Yes. What I have learned at that time was by pure accident, right? Everybody was busy um, during the earthquake. After the earthquake, everybody was busy doing different things. Nobody was there to take care of my needs per se, right? There was no family. There was no home. You know, we would, we would live on the, on the streets. Basically we had, sometimes we lived in shelters. So what I have learned is no one was there to take care of me, but they gave, there was freedom in that. No one squashed me. No one squashed my identity, who I was. I was rebellious too. I guess that trauma, you know, when I entered into high school, I was very rebellious. I can't even wrap my head around how rebellious I was because I'm not that kind of a woman now. But when I look back into my teenage years, I really did naughty things, right? (laughs) But I think that was part of it. No one stopped me. No one said, you can't do that because everybody was busy with building life and home and shelter and aftermath of the earthquake. We we were sort of neglected, but I don't want to use that word because there were still people in our life and they would spend time with us, share stories, you know, feed us. But that parenting, involved parenting, wasn't there. So I had that freedom to find my authentic self, to be myself. And that's an enormous gift. Now I realize. And that's what I brought from my past. And I tried to raise my daughter that way. I don't want to squash who she is. I don't want her to fit into some kind of mold. I want to see her who she is. And it's beautiful, right? You can't change who your child is. You just want to nurture them and see how they grow and they reach their full full potential. It's a beautiful process. I think that's the major lesson I have learned from those years. I love that. And I find it so interesting that, you know, they call it helicopter parent nowadays that, you know, where you're so on top of your children and not, you know, most parents today, you know, we don't always give our kids the space, you know, everything, everyone has technology and cell phones and we're constantly in touch with our kids. Whereas years ago, kids would go out for the day and parents would call them in at dinner time and you didn't know what they were up to. So it's a totally different world. And it's very interesting um, that you had that take on it and that you can bring that to your own parenting journey. So you started Authentic Parenting. Tell us more about that, when and why you began it, and what is it that you offer parents through your work? Well, I started my career as a, as a psychologist and an educator working with children. My first job out of university was a correctional facility for juvenile delinquents. I was always interested in helping children because as a child, I suffered, so I always wanted to help other children. That was my mission, my goal. 
And I was very active. Uh, you know, I was advocating for children's rights. And without going into detail what I have done for that correctional facility, later I worked with gifted children, then special needs children. But once I became a mom nine years ago, my perspective shifted. And it was then that I realized, oh my gosh, it's not the kids who need help. If we help parents, give them knowledge and support, then children later don't have to go through so much of therapy and healing. We can just prepare them, give them foundation right from the very beginning. And as a new mom, I was lonely and isolated in my neighborhood. I created a mommy group uh, and we would meet together, you know, on a daily basis. Our kids were the same age. And the ladies from this group, they were like, oh my gosh, you know so much. You're so great with kids. And of course I was because I had knowledge in psychology, development, and I had all this experience, you know, rich experience. And they were like, can you share with us this and that? And they told me you should start this, you should do this as a business. And I'm like, oh no, are you kidding me? Everybody knows how to parent. You know, I come from a traditional culture where if you tell someone you need parent coaching, they would laugh at you. So for me, that was a strange notion at the time, but I took it seriously because I saw that there is a demand. I created a program eight-week learning program. Of course, I didn't have an office or anything. My husband um, has an office. He has his own private practice. So I asked him, can I use your conference room? Because I want to run like a seminar on the weekends. And he was like, are you crazy? And I was very timid. I announced it in in a couple of local preschools about my program. And when people started calling me, I was like, oh my gosh, people are interested. And so, of course, my first seminar, there were lots of people. It was successful. I mean, I was very nervous. I made so many mistakes. I cried on the first day of the <laughs> seminar. Um, but they gave me great feedback. I improved it. And to this day, I still teach that eight-week program. And from there, people invited me to speak at different events, private coaching, and uh, they asked me to do different workshops. You know, it blossomed. And then and today, you know, I work with parents worldwide. I have a physical office here in New Jersey. I created a curriculum for court-ordered parenting classes. This would be useful for your audience, you know, when you go through divorce and custody battles. Uh, I don't know what state you guys are in, but you know, in our state, you are ordered by the court to take parenting classes. So I have designed a really good curriculum, you know, conscious parenting course for, for those people. And I enjoy working with uh, my court ordered people a lot. So I have a very nice practice today and I enjoy working with parents so much. It's like, I give, but they energize me and they give me so much joy and I learn so much from them. It's I can't picture my life without this work. Well, that's wonderful. And it sounds like you are doing a lot. Um, so being authentic is something that many people struggle with, especially in blended families. And I think that when blended families are formed, people have a difficult time saying what they mean 
asking for what they need or want, and just being really honest about their feelings. In the beginning, people are feeling each other out. They're afraid if they're honest, they might not be liked. Others are afraid they might rock the boat. So I think this topic is really important for my audience. So tell me, Anna, what does being authentic mean to you? Very um, concise, I would say being authentic means you need to be in tune with yourself, with your own emotions, with your own inner world, know who you are at the core, your values, your beliefs, your history, your trauma history, your attachment history. What do you bring to the table from your past? Make sense of that past. Because if you don't make sense of those past life experiences that shaped you, that had a big influence on you, you will have a hard time accepting other people in their true authentic light, right? You can't see other people. It all begins with self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-love, being authentic with yourself. But sometimes it's very hard because we have this trauma history and our self uh, has been distorted, hidden, shushed, squashed, uh, you know, through the, uh, from the time we were young, the people, you know, our parents, culture, society, schooling, it was not allowed to be yourself. You know, you were not allowed to have self-expression, have your right to your own voice, you know, express yourself, your thoughts, your feelings. It, it, it's, it, authentic self is all of this together. Mm. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to be honest and say the truth all the time. It means being authentic, true with yourself. You know, those are different things. You know, you can be authentic, but you don't have to tell the truth all the time, which could be painful for the other person that, you know, I teach parents to be effective communicators. You need to be aware of your needs. And when you communicate from your needs without attacking, criticizing the other person, and maybe I can give you an example, then the dynamic shifts in the relationship. This is true in adult relationships, and this is true in parent-child relationships. Because at the end of the day, Melissa, it's all about needs. We all have emotional needs. I am trying to meet my needs my husband is trying to meet his, my child is trying to meet hers. And sometimes when there is a conflict in those needs, you know, that's when people start to hurt one another. And uh, it, it's an ineffective communication. Let's say I am working with this woman and her husband works late hours they are foreigners in this country. She has basically no friends. And she has two children, young, under the age of six. And she feels very lonely, isolated. Other moms don't accept her during the day. She doesn't have play dates. So I know she feels lonely a lot. And because they're from a different country, uh, they're from Germany, both of them. So they are their own, they are each other's hope. They are each other's support. So she thinks, but the husband has built a good life. You know, he has American friends. He has a great career. So when he travels a lot and comes home late, 
she gets agitated. The first thing she says, you're late again. And she starts a fight. How about you do this? I've done so much during the day. All you do is just this and that, you know, complaints and judgments and you messages. You didn't do this, that I was doing that. So it becomes this ugly, you know, we all know how it feels. We've all done this. But when I ask her to simply strip away all these layers and go deep, deep inside and dig out that need that she has and just speak from that need. It's a need for intimacy. It's a need for connection. Instead of yelling at your husband, the moment he enters, you can say, I've been feeling lonely. I want some time together, you know, use this kind of sentences, but it's hard for many of us to be so vulnerable and open and speak from our deepest needs. But people who are in interaction with us, they don't know, they're not mind readers. If we don't communicate clearly what our needs are, they cannot guess or meet our needs. And sometimes when I ask women, and what are your needs? Let's think about them and write them down. She goes, oh, I don't know. I, I, I haven't thought about it. I don't know even, even what my needs are. But it is really important, I think, in knowing those needs, identifying them, and finding a way of communicating in a non-judgmental way with, with the other person. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that one of the reasons that so many people struggle with authenticity is because fear of some kind gets in the way and, you know, afraid to open up your mouth. And so what would you tell people who have trouble with this? How do you help them overcome their fears and start being true to themselves? When you have a fear, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that will happen if I do X or I say this? You know, you need to go like one more layer deeper and deeper and deeper to understand your weakness, your, you know, what is it that you're afraid of? Is it because you are afraid to speak up because you may be rejected from your past history? Is it because you were abused and, you know, you are afraid that you're going to get the same response? You know, it is important to know the patterns that we all have, right? We have old conditionings, either from our previous relationships or from our past. So we always need to be aware of our patterns. And if you have a fear, get down, get to the bottom of that fear. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that will happen? And that question will clarify things for you. Yeah, I think once you understand where it's coming from, it's much better to tackle any problem, really. So tell me, Anna, from your years of experience, what have you seen happen when people aren't authentic? Yes, you are not happy, basically, right? If you're not living your truth, if you're not living your true authentic self is not in harmony, you know, you're not in your harmony with your authentic self you're misaligned, you're unhappy, you have conflicts in different relationships, the old patterns, the conditioning is stronger in you. Yeah. And you, you have lots of fears, you, you're judgmental, you, you judge people, you're also afraid of being judged. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of self-compassion. What I notice many people 
uh, that's the first thing that they're lacking. And it's hard to cultivate those things. You know, it's easy for me to say, oh, find your authentic self. It's uh, your life is going to get better, but it's a process. I mean, sometimes you need therapy. Sometimes you need coaching, journaling, uh, but it's an important process because if you know who you are and regardless of what other people think about you, the beliefs that you have, the morals that you have, and have conviction in that and parent from that place, interact with other people from that place, then you're happier. You know, you live life lightly, so to speak. Yeah. And you're living it for yourself, not for everyone else or what you think everyone else wants you to be. So let's move on and talk a little bit about your podcast, Authentic Moments. I've been listening and I think it's a wonderful podcast for parents to listen to. So can you talk a little bit about it? Tell us your mission and what kinds of topics do you cover in the show? Yes. The purpose of the podcast when I originally started was to help parents understand what we just talked about, basically, the importance of your past and how it shapes who you are today and learn all about emotions, trauma, your patterns, your conditioning, attachment, right? Your attachment history, your attachment style with your parents and how that translates into your parenting today deeply understand your needs, become basically in order to show up, as I say in my podcast, greatly in our parenting. Because parenting is easy once we successfully or effectively solve this piece, the self-development piece. The rest is just practicalities, truthfully. Um, But if we do not resolve our own unresolved issues, then we step into control, manipulation. We don't see our children for who they are, you know, and and that's like a whole nother challenges, layers of issues that arise from uh, from that, you know, and we don't need that in our parenting. We simply want to enjoy our children. Uh, But I mean, it's not that easy, right? We all have a history of trauma. We all bring our past into parenting. So the show is to educate people, to enlighten them, open their eyes to things that they have may not even thought about, like inherited family trauma. We now know that trauma can be passed down to three generations. It may not be your parents' trauma that you're carrying. You may carry the trauma that your ancestors carried. So it's pretty powerful. My role, my goal is to illuminate, educate people about trauma, healing, and give them tools and knowledge to be the best version of themselves in order to be effective parents and be able to see their children for who they are and support them in that beautiful process of unfolding growing and reaching their potential. Love it. I really think parenting podcasts are so helpful these days. It's a trying time to raise children and podcasts like yours are crucial because they help parents by teaching them to care for themselves as well as their kids. And I'd actually like to shift the conversation to the kids right now. Aside from us parents learning the importance of authenticity, I think it's equally important to teach our children this. We were never really taught this as kids, at least I wasn't, and you had a much different upbringing than me. But it was a different generation in so many ways. 
But I feel that we are giving our children a huge gift if we can teach them these skills from a young age. So please tell us how to go about doing this with our children. How can we teach them now how to be authentic? Mm, Yes, that's a very important question. And I think that's the main role of parenting. If you were ask me, you know, what, what's the purpose of parenting? I think that's what it is. And the first thing is emotions. We were not raised in emotion-friendly households, right? We didn't have emotional vocabulary growing up. I think emotions play a huge role in who you are and how you see and perceive the world. So, I want parents to have knowledge about emotions and not be afraid for themselves, but for their children. Listen to your children's emotions. Let them experience the full range of emotions. Don't try to rescue them or shush them or replace their lost toy or, you know, say, no, there's nothing to cry about. Invalidate their emotions. Accept listen, be there, provide emotional safety, because through experiencing emotions, children become more resilient. And it's such an important lesson. Maybe your five-year-old or six-year-old right now is, let's say your child lost the pet, right? You had a little fish pet and that pet died. Many parents are like, oh, shall I go to the pet store and replace that pet? Why? Let your child face the reality of life and let them experience their first loss, but be there for them. Help them through that process. Identify, label their emotions, let them be in tune because emotions come and go. And it's our job as parents to normalize that for our children instead of blaming them, shaming them, saying, Oh my gosh, how dare you feel, you feel, feel, feel angry or room, cut that out. Every emotion should be. I dare to say celebrate it because that's what makes us human. That's what makes us authentically us. If we squash those emotions, if we hold it inside, it's a negative energy and your children are going to misbehave, you know? The accumulated emotions are going to come out and bite you in a different way, through a tantrum, through a meltdown, through, you know, talking back. If we don't meet their emotional needs, And if we don't let them experience the full range of beautiful emotions, be that anger or fear or loss, I think that's the biggest lesson uh, that we can teach our children. Wow. Well, this is all such wonderful information. And you are really doing such amazing work in the world. Listeners, I really encourage you all to check out Anna's website for more information, which is AuthenticParenting.com. She also does offer those court-ordered parenting classes. You can find out about that on her website as well. And also check out her podcast called Authentic Moments. Anna, before we go, please take a moment to share any words of advice or encouragement for my listeners, or feel free to add anything that we might have left out. Mm, maybe I would just ask our listeners to to sit down and observe their children today or their husbands and see them as different people. You know, take a piece of paper, observe your child for X amount of time, see them for who they are with different eyes. Don't see them as your kid. Try to see characteristics, traits that you have never seen, you know, 
and write them down. Why do you love this child? What makes this child so unique? As a person, the other day, one of my clients said, after a long session, at the end, she goes, so now how can I handle my child? I said, stop right there. I don't like that word, handle my child. It all starts how we think about things. You are in a relationship with your child. It's not about handling. That's not an animal or an object. Mm. Once you shift that mentality, then your behavior changes. You treat your child differently. Enjoy each other and give credit to yourself for the hard work you're doing, especially in blended families. I mean, kudos to those people. I work with blended families. I am forever amazed. It's not easy. So give yourself credit. Write down five things that makes you a great kick-ass parent today. Give credit to your husband or your partner why? You know, what do you love about them? What makes him a great father? Come up with five things and speak from the heart and tell them, please let them know what you love about them. I really want people to speak from the heart and say to people what they feel about them, positive things, because life is very short and unpredictable. You don't want to have unsaid things. Truthfully, I am such a big proponent of this. Shower each other with love, words, and things like that. Make each other's day beautiful, you know, and appreciate one another. That, that's the main thing. You know, problems come and go. These are minor things. Keep your eyes at the larger picture. Yeah, I love everything that you're saying because I try to live my life that way as well. I always tell people how I feel about them and it makes a lot of sense with what happened to you as a kid that you would feel that way too. And I think it's great advice for everybody and it was a great exercise that I would like everybody to try. So Anna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. I had a blast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I love your show, Melissa. You're such a great host, graceful, thoughtful, caring, and your show rocks. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing. Listeners, all of Anna's links will be in the show notes for you. I hope that today's show helps you to consider the importance of being authentic, not only for yourself, but for your blended family. Feedback can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you join me next week for another show. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.